Good morning and welcome. How are you? You okay? Okay. I have a couple of announcements as, uh, as we begin this morning. Remind you that there is gluten-free, gluten-free bread on each side if you need that. <laughs> gluten-free, yeah, right. Anyway. Um, also, a reminder that please sing the responses that are bold with the choir, okay? So sing them with the choir. All right. Now, a couple of announcements. Laity Workshop. That we are hosting the district um, laity. All, that's all of you for this district here at Memorial on the 15th at 7 o'clock. There's more information in your bulletin about this. There's a, an author who's published several books and has helped churches uh, go through visioning and change and stuff. And he's going to be here to speak to uh, all the laity of the district. And so I hope it will have a good, strong showing from Memorial. It's open to everyone, not just uh, leadership and, and our laity. That's on the 15th at 7 o'clock here in our sanctuary. Also, I wanted to remind you that coming up on 1026 is the Asbury Hills Family Day. There's also more information in the bulletin about that. If you've ever thought about going to Asbury Hills or just finding out more about Asbury Hills, this is a perfect day to go. They have uh, all kinds of activities that are free. They have apple butter that's free, and they have, but they do have some barbecue sandwiches for sale. But you're welcome to go up there and spend the day. That's on the 1026 Asbury Hills. More about that is in your uh, bulletin. Also, just a reminder that the newsletter for October is out. I think there, there are some back there on the table. You might have picked it up. You may not have already. But it's really full of stuff uh, this month, all kind of in information. And so I hope that you, if you haven't picked one up, you'll pick one up. Uh, they're also uh, over here post uh, uh, in a little thing, pocket on this bulletin board right outside the sanctuary here. Remind you, too, that the 2014 Proposed officer lists and committees is posted now for review. That is on, that's also posted right here on this bulletin board and the other bulletin boards. And if you'd like to review that prior to the charge conference coming up when it will be proposed and voted on, uh, you may want to take uh, time to look at that and to, and to see that and to be aware of, of it. And uh, that's coming up for the charge conference that is coming up on the 21st, on the 21st at seven o'clock, okay? All right, and let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read, your word proclaimed, and we partake of this holy mystery. May we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
be seated and let our children come forward for children's time. about being up here. Have you guys ever seen a seed? Do you know what a seed looks like? It comes in an apple and an orange. Well, there's a seed called the mustard seed. And a mustard seed is one of the smallest of all of the seeds. And it's so small that you can hardly see it. And some people wear a necklace and they put a mustard seed in there. Okay, and it's to remind them of something that we're going to talk about today. Do you know why? Well, the mustard seed is also considered a symbol of faith, okay? It's going to be a real hard lesson up here for a two-year-old. <laughs> okay, make sure you take all this down, Anna. Okay, one day Jesus was talking to his disciples when one of them turned to him and said, Lord, increase our faith. Noah, do you know what increase means? That means to add, okay? That means to give us some more, okay? Jesus answered and said, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, as small as a little bitty seed, you can say to this tree, mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Can you imagine what it would be like to have that kind of faith, to move trees? Well, a guy, so there's a guy that read this story, and he actually decided to try that in his front yard. And he went into this large tree in his front yard, and he said to that tree, In the morning when I wake up from my sleep, I want you to be gone. That night he went to bed, and when he woke up the next morning, he went to the front door. He opened it, looked out into his front yard, just as I thought. It was still there. Well, first of all, the man didn't have mustard seed-sized faith, did he? In fact, he didn't have any faith at all. When he told the tree to be moved, he never expected it to happen. And then in the second place, I think he, that he might have misunderstood what Jesus was trying to tell us and to his disciples. Jesus was not suggesting that you and I go around trying to move trees just to prove that we have faith. What Jesus was trying to teach his disciples and us is that it doesn't take great faith to produce great results. Do you know why that is? The quiet crowd. Um, <laughs> the reason why is because the results don't depend on us. We don't have to worry about the results. They depend on God. And if the results did depend on us, we would probably go around bragging to everybody, wouldn't we? Probably. I would. Okay, so Jesus was not suggesting that we go around trying to move the trees. He said that what we need to do is that we need to learn that our faith doesn't have to be great but that we have to, that we, to do great things, but that we rely on him so that he can do the great things for us. Does that sound good? Okay. All right, can you guys pray with me? Can you bow your head and close your eyes? Close your eyes. Okay. Dear God, give us faith the size of mustard seeds. This way, we can give you all the glory when we see the great things you do for us. Amen.
Let us bow our heads for this time of prayer. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O oh God, you have made us for the holy city in which we will dwell with Christ. And we pray you would hear your people who come this day to offer our worship, to sing our songs of praise and glory to your holy name. We are reminded this day that by our baptism we've been claimed to life in your service. And you've given us the spirit of power and love and discipline that we might be strong in the faith. And yet, O oh God, we confess this day that we often act faithless. We find it much easier to praise you with our words than to show forth your glory in our lives. We don't live out our calling, and we surrender to the temptation of not offending others, and so we act as if we are ashamed. For our failure to be what you've called us to be have mercy upon us. Forgive us again this day our transgressions. Send your spirit to us that we may be led into truth. Give us the words to speak so that all who hear may confess you as Lord, mighty to save. Let all the world come to worship at your feet. You have challenged us to a faith strong enough to uproot the barriers which might block our way. We do believe that you are almighty to save, and we pray then that you would bring down your power to remove the mountains of care and distress which weigh on so many who wander in this day in sickness and despair, who struggle with bodies that hurt, Spirits that are filled with tears and minds that seem so lost. We pray, O oh God, that you'd give all hope, all those that we have named on our prayer list and those that we name in our hearts now. Give them hope that they'll be restored either in this life or in that which is to come. Guard us all until that day of glory which you have promised and grant what we pray as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord who taught us to pray saying these words. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward now to receive our tithes and our offerings.
Please be seated. Our scripture reading is adjusted just slightly from the uh, what's written in your bulletin. It is Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 1 through 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. After hearing this, the, the apostles, the disciples said to the Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus replied, if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your words to guide us and help us and your spirit to teach us and lead us uh, as it does each and every Sunday when we worship. We thank you, O oh Lord, for this great grace that you give us uh, to come into your house. Amen. Now there's a legend that I had read about, about a traveler uh, making his way to a large city back during the days of the plague. And he met two travelers along the way. One of them was named Fear. One of them was named the Plague. And Plague explains to the traveler that once they arrive, they will kill hundreds of people in the city. And the traveler asks Plague, well, will you do all the killing by yourself? And he said, oh, no, I shall kill only a few. My friend Fear will kill the others. Fear, whether real or imagined, can discourage us, overwhelm us, and strangle us. Whether it's personal fear, like fear of failure, or fear of embarrassment, uh, fear of not being loved, or if it's social, uh, fear that war will never end, fear that society will collapse, fear that pollution will kill us, and so on and on. Today, there is a lot of people who feel overwhelmed. And in this feeling of being overwhelmed, they have forgotten they can call upon their faith and they've forgotten what it is that God can accomplish through that faith, no matter how small it is. Do these feelings describe maybe times in your life? I know they do mine. But the thing is, is it's not, this is not something new just to our generation. Uh, the disciples experienced these feelings too. In fact, they felt that what they faced in life was so much for their small faith to handle that they cried out to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, help us to believe enough. Help us to trust enough so that we may live as you say we should 
Lord, take away our fear, fear and give us strength to do what you would have us to do. And so Jesus responds to their cry for help. Now, it's interesting, I believe, how he responds. He does not snap his fingers and grant them a double dose of faith, which I think oftentimes would be very helpful, and I wish that God would do that for me and maybe for you. You might think the same way. But no, he doesn't do that. Instead, he says to them, if you have faith, in other words, almost as if you don't have any faith, but if you had some faith, just a little bit of faith, just the size of a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds, you could say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Implying that they had forgotten the power of the faith that was inside them. However small it might seem at the time, it may seem to us even now, there is still great power in that little kernel of faith. Now you see, it is really not how much faith that you have. It's really do we have any faith at all and do we use what faith we have. Let me illustrate this just with a quick story. It's really kind of funny if you think about it. Years ago, a shoe company sent one of its salespeople to uh, a backward county to start a business. And after a few months, he, he sent back a message. He said, I'm coming home. Nobody wears shoes here. Later, the same company sent another salesperson to the same backward county, and after a few months, she wrote these words, send me more order forms, nobody wears shoes here. She could see the opportunity in her situation, not the difficulty. And furthermore, she believed in her product, her product and because of that, she succeeded. She knew that those bare feet needed shoes. And so she succeeded where the other salesperson failed. Listen, faith sees opportunity in the midst of adversity. Listen, faith sees opportunity in the midst of adversity. Faith is somewhat like pregnancy. Having just had a grandchild and seeing my daughter being pregnant, I, I think I have a a little bit of a clue to make this statement, but you see, you can't simply say that there's a distinction between having a little faith and a lot of faith any more than you can claim that someone is a little bit pregnant but not really a lot pregnant. They're either pregnant or not, they either have faith or not. And you see, if we believe even a little, even the smallest amount, then my friends, we're on the right track. And having said that and having understanding, uh, an understanding of the distinction between having faith and not having faith, then the question really becomes for us not how much faith we have, but what we have faith in. Because we have faith in something. And too many times, the faith is simply in our own efforts. The faith is that we look to ourselves instead of to God. We look at ourselves and we try from what we think we have, and guess what happens? 
we fail. We can't accomplish what we want to do. And then we end up saying things like, I'm not strong enough, I'm not wise enough, I'm not loving enough, I'm not giving enough, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough power, I don't have the ability, and we go down that trail. And my friends, guess what? That's true because we're not able in our own power. But in Jesus Christ, we are able, for God is able. And when we take hold of Jesus and believe in him, even if just a little bit, his power is able to flow through us. Think about the little piece of bread that I'm getting ready to give you. This is like a little mustard seed of faith that you take inside of you. And from that little piece of bread, God has promised us to always be with us to be preparing a place for us, to remind us that one day we will be with him. From that little piece of bread, that little mustard seed of faith, when we take hold of it, even though it seems little, Christ's power is able to flow through us. You know, we have all met people who have lived through very difficult times and and many of us have thought that they must have had great faith to come out of their tribulations as well as they did. And we may even have said to them with respect and admiration, I don't think I could have faced what you have faced. Your, Your faith must be very great. I have heard this said to people. I have heard the answer that they normally make. They usually apply something along these these lines. They say something like, my faith is no greater than yours. I just didn't know what I had until I needed it. And God helped me. The Lord helped me reach down inside of myself for that spark of faith that has always been there that I had forgotten. And you know, we may have said to ourselves, I wished I had that faith. But the thing is that these people that we admire are right in what they say because we do not often realize just what we have too. We let it lie dormant in us, asleep in us, and we go out looking for everything else but what can actually help us. And during all that pursuit and all that undertaking, God is still there. God is right there, still speaking to us in many different ways, trying to get us to see that that's not what will help us. This is what will help us. Reaching in and finding that spark of faith. The good news of Jesus Christ covers all areas of human life, I believe. But most of all, my friends, it tells us that alone we can do nothing. But then it tells us that we are not alone. That God works in the lives of those who believe in him. That God's good purposes can't be thwarted. That his word does not return to him empty. That he desires not only the transformation of my heart and your heart, but of the world's heart. Transformation. And all we have to do is reach down to that little kernel of faith. That little seed of faith. That little bit 
a faith that is with us, within us, and begin to do what it is that we know we are to do. And God will do the rest. God will do the rest. That is God's promise to us. That God will work in us and through us and bring his word to pass. That God will someday pluck up the mountains and fill in the valleys. That the Lord will bring about the kingdom that we pray for. What I am saying to you today is not have more faith. Work with the faith that you have. You need not cry out, increase my faith, Lord, because your faith is there. It's just not being used. My friends, when we start acting upon this, the very first thing we discover is it doesn't take much. That a little is a lot. A little is a lot. Used to be that people plastered posters all over their house and their dorm rooms and everywhere else, and I don't know if people do that as much as they used to, but I will never forget one that was plastered up in my dorm room that said simply this, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. It's an old Chinese proverb, but it's so true. Take the step. Heed God's advice found in the scriptures. Believe what God has promised. But you have to take the step. You have to start claiming God's word as your own. And when you do, when you live in faith, when you pray, when you believe, God will overcome plague and his far more dangerous companion, fear. And the blessings of life will be more completely yours. Amen and amen. I direct you now, if you would, to the insert of the Sacrament of Holy Communion. I remind you that the table is open to all. You do not have to be a member. There's no age limit. Just your desire to partake. I direct you now to the invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and each other. Merciful God, we confess we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We've rebelled against your love. 
We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us pray prayers of intercession and confession. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, and he gave thanks to you, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. 
By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. This is the bread of heaven, the body of Christ. This is the cup of salvation, the blood of Christ.
rise now and go in peace and may the peace of God go with you. Rise now and go in peace. May the peace of God go with you.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they always be yours. Amen. Amen.